the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 1220 KDOW is proud to present the podcast of Real Life Lending on Money 2.0. Now here's financial services expert Eric Elovsky-McKay. Good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Real Life Lending. We are your Northern California show for what's new and true in mortgage finance and real estate. My name's Eric McKay. I've been in the corporate finance and lending industry for about 27 years. Currently the Northern California area manager for Essex Mortgage. And I run the beautiful Loan Center in Folsom, California, born and raised in the Bay Area and know your market really well. Uh, We have loan officers throughout the Western six states, and I am here to answer your questions. This whole show was created about four years ago because of my sheer frustration of what I was hearing in the national media about how difficult it was to get a mortgage, how terrible the real estate market was, how every bank was a bunch of crooks. Well, here we're setting the record straight. This is a place to come for you, the consumer. Get your questions answered, ask real questions, and learn what's really true today. Guidelines and everything has changed in my industry since 2010. And everybody's got a mother's brother's cousin who used to be a real estate agent or a lender and almost closed three transactions in 1996. But we live and breathe this seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And today we are here with Miss Jessica Couch. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Jessica, remind everybody who you are and what you do. A full-time realtor. I really enjoy helping people make money with their money and finding multifamily units for a residential income cash flow. Everybody just leaned into the radio yeah. right now. We know the, the investors there in the Bay Area are are just waiting because, you know, we sell a couple houses a week based on it what you tell us. does work <clears throat> out that way. Um, so what we do, the whole premise of the show, folks, is, is we... We tell you what's new and true in the in the industry today. That what's happened this week. Jessica is going to talk about the real estate side. And if you have any questions, we're going to actually we're going to get to all of your text questions that we've gotten the last couple of weeks that we haven't had time on air to uh, answer. But if you have any new ones, you can text them to 925-203-5808, 925-203-5808, and we'll get to them as soon as we can. A um, little bit about Essex Mortgage. We've been in business 30 years. We fund about a billion dollars a year in residential real estate and does not make us a big box bank, and we're thankful for that every day. Um, we make all lending decisions in-house, and we don't send your file anywhere. So it allows us to make some little bit uh, different guidelines, and maybe we can look outside the box a little bit better than some of the other lenders do because we're lending our own money. Uh, We can lend for FHA, VA, conventional, USDA, um, Alt-A, Super Jumbo, bank statement programs. They're all available, but the most important thing is finding the right loan program and structure for you because everybody's different. And one of the things we offer all of our listeners is if you're in the middle of a purchase or refinance transaction, send me a copy of your loan estimate and I'm going to look at it and one of two things are going to happen. Uh, I'm going to tell you, hey, this is this is really solid based on your situation, and and it's it's a good deal. And then I'm probably going to call the loan officer and offer him a job. If not, I'm going to tell you, well, hey, here's a little bit better structure. Why don't you look at this? And here's why. So one of the things that all you have to do is jump on our website, reallifelending.com. 
Again, reallifelending.com. Shoot me an email. Or if you have any, any ideas for the show, we'd love to hear them. Jessica, what's going on in the real estate market? Things are heating up. Uh, I think they have been for a little while. I think anything that is priced reasonably, we're getting multiple offers on. Um, anything priced appropriately, you know, calls immediately. Uh, still getting, still seeing things overbid for buyers. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that, especially in Northern California, especially the Bay Area, we're really. Uh, Inventory, still very tight? Very tight on inventory for sure. Um, I have found I, there are a lot of folks still looking for flips, and those are few and far in between. I was out uh, with several other investors this morning looking at a house without a roof. It had blown off <laughs> in a big fire. When they said minor fire damage, they meant they meant some major fire Must damage. Must have been a heck of a fire <laughs> to blow the roof off. <laughs> it was pretty bad, pretty bad. And I was one of uh, several agents and investors out there um, you know, trying to find the deal. Sure. Uh, and that's one of the great things about it is knowing somebody that understands the market. And that's one of the things that, you know, I've been in the business forever and a day and I'm, I'm sometimes I, I'm surprised I'm still here. But like somebody like yourself who understands the market and understands the investment side of it, that's really important. And what we say in this show all the time, it's really about the team that you're working with. It's Very about, true. It's about who your team, who you trust, and somebody who can actually explain or educate you. And that's what this show is all about, educating consumers. Right. Um, little thing about San Francisco here, you know, how much will it cost to buy a house in San Francisco? What, the median? No, each day. This is kind of something we do every year. And I remember last year's, um, saving for a down payment obviously is a big thing for first time home buyers, especially millennials, um, who have maybe a lot of student loan debt and high credit card debt. But in the Bay Area, prices are probably the highest in the nation, right? Right. Um, and so Realtor.com in its infinite wisdom calculates how much money home buyers need to save each day in order to swing the down payment in 15 major metro cities. Um, and it's really about daily savings. They kind of correlate it to something people understand, like lattes right? Uh, or your favorite coffee drink at Starbucks. Um, at the low end of the estimate, uh, Detroit, where the median house price is 200000 I thought it would have been a lot lower than that. I was Detroit. thinking so, too. I thought it would have been 20000 Right. Um, but those who wanted to own a piece of the Motor City would typically place about 12% down, about twenty four grand. That works up to be about... A little over $13 a day. And uh, how long would they be saving in, in five this scenario? Years. Five, five years. years. Okay. And that's basically three fancy coffee drinks each day. Doable. So if you can save that, you can purchase a home in Detroit. Um, on the other side, here we have San Francisco, where home list at average is about 875 And this is a greater San Francisco area, not just the city. Uh, with an average down payment of about 21%. Works out to about one hundred and ninety-one grand. Uh, on a five-year plan, buyers in the city need to save about one hundred and four dollars a day. Get yourself a roommate. I don't think uh, I don't think twenty-three latte savings a day yeah. is possible. <laughs> uh, but if they'll go through the list, if you go to realtor.com, you can see the list of cities. But you know, San Francisco is still—it's not the hottest uh, any longer, but it's still ranked up there as far as pricing. Uh, and speaking of that, San Francisco's priciest pads now for sale. Did you Ooh, see this? No. Uh, it used to be called, I remember this property, it used to be called, it's, it's out on uh, Scott Street, 2820 Scott Street in San Francisco. Um, it used to be called the Pink Palace, I believe, when it used to be pink, and then the buyers bought it in, in 1951, and, and they carved it up into, and this is a huge mansion, 16,000 square feet, wow. they carved it up into rooms to rent out. And somebody very famous used to live there in his hippie days, Uncle Jerry, oh. used to live in this mansion uh, during his uh, his youth. But the new owners uh, that bought it rehabbed it. It's uh, 16,000 square feet. It's got brand new plumbing, new wiring, new foundation, fully restored um, a reception area with a Tiffany fountain, au pair quarters, gym, five marble terraces, and a six-cast bronze balconies. 
whatever that is. And they're still renting. They're, no, this is still this, set no, up. No, no, oh, okay. no. This is all redone. Okay. Um, and they're currently listed at twenty eight point five million dollars. If you're interested in seeing that property, wow. give Jessica a call. <laughs> We're going to give you a number a couple times. How does somebody get a hold of you, Jessica? Uh, 916-532-8916. You can call or text. That is incredible. One of the things I think we need to talk about is that we've kind of run into this recently, and it it really hasn't happened that much because we have the markets finally gotten back the last couple of years to a place where sellers are willing to accept contingent offers. Yes. Right? Yes. And explain what a contingent offer is for our listeners. So um, I have a a listing. Somebody comes along and wants to purchase that listing, but their home needs to be sold first. They are then a contingent offer. Meaning contingent on the sale of their current departing residence. Correct. And we've had something happen recently that's actually happened three times this week in our office, I come to find out. Twice in my world. (laughs) uh, That we've actually had buyers... Um, write offers. A, I guess agents wrote the offers. Agent wrote the offer. Non-contingent. Correct. And there really was a sale taking place behind the scenes. There was a contingency, yes. Um, I mean, is that against the rules? It definitely against the rules. For me, I think it's um, beyond beyond the rules. I, I understand there's, you know, rules rules can be bent sometimes, but I think in a situation like this, um, it's it's not honest. And what concerns me is that it could it could end up really causing problems for several other transactions folks down the line. In the line several yes. people have transactions, and one of the things, I mean, it's it's. You know, buying a home is an emotional thing. We talk right. about this all the time. You know, we you had to let somebody know that this was our buyers who were buying a nice, they're they buying a larger house. They got into contract 4th of July weekend. You were right. out there uh, at an open house. Um, and we're ready for docs on our end. Right. Turns out the buyer on their end pulled out, sent over a cancellation contract because they didn't sell their departing residence. Correct. And that all, nobody knew about. And you're all what? Yeah. What departing well, residence? Right. And when we first started looking at homes with our buyer, we had discussed making a non-contingent offer, which we could have done. It would have been a different loan product. Sure. Um, but I had said the same thing. You know, we can't in any good conscience go into this with a non-contingent offer if we do expect to make it work sure. contingent. So I think it's a matter of um, I couldn't have any. I could not have written an offer that way with any good conscience. And several other agents have um, decided to write offers that way. And, and I get it. I mean, is it, I mean, I, I, I guess. You know, I always say desperate people do desperate things, right? but the market doesn't deserve that. No. And I really haven't seen that that much in the past, uh, at least in the recent past. But like I said, we've got three instances of that. And I know the car attorneys are getting calls every week now. I bet. Regarding this. Um, so again, if you're a real estate agent out there, just tell us up front. Maybe we can get around it. Well, you know, I, I am a problem solver. If I know that there's an issue, I can get in there and you know we can come up with good ideas and, and find a way to figure it out and everybody work together in unison. But you go in with something dishonestly, it makes it really difficult for anyone to want to work with you and figure it out. Yeah, the market's not that tight that you have to lie. Right. No, no, I agree. Um, here's a question. Um, I mean, we talk about limited inventory all the time. And one of the things that came up is this is a an, a uh, a survey that Remax did about their national housing report. They looked at and the title of the article is "How quickly will my house sell?" Hmm. And it seems that uh, in the three markets with the lowest inventory supply, Seattle, Denver, and San Francisco, averages twenty five to twenty three and twenty one days on the market. So if you're in San Francisco, your house is on the market twenty one days. Would you that agree with that? That seems very reasonable. And yes. 
So, I mean, basically, it's still inventory challenges, correct? That right. seems to be. Yep, that's the at. problem. And I think because of those inventory challenges, we are seeing sellers get a little bit greedy, price a little too high, and then sit there maybe just a little bit longer. Anything priced appropriately is gone in a moment. And we're in the middle of, you know, I guess the popular summer selling season. Right. And both home sales pricing are rising. Demands, I think June sales were about 9, 9.5% over sales in May. And the national median price in June was 229. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot to us here in Northern California, right. but that's 2.5% increase from last year. So, um, but the number of homes for sale fell by 15% from a year ago. I believe it. So it's tight. Well, and I think some of this is due to those move-up buyers. They are afraid to list their home until they find something new, and there's such limited inventory with something new and larger, they're waiting a little bit longer, and it puts a push all the way back down. Yeah, and I think we talked about this in another show, that, that buyers out there now are becoming more discretionary. Right. They're they're not just making that offer. They're thinking it through. Uh-huh. Um, they're waiting to see if they get what they want for their departing residence, and it's not the, hey, let's make an offer sight unseen any longer, which right. I think is healthy for our market. But uh, listen, folks, rates, you know, rates are super low right now, uh, probably at an all time low or near a three year low right now. Um, but we've got housing that that that's probably geared to raise maybe five, seven percent. Would you agree? I would. Um, which kind of gets back to most Americans, you know, they're looking for cash investments. seems like younger folks like us, we like cash investments, you uh-huh. know, and especially the millennials. But people are starting to, gear, to trend towards real estate. Uh, unlike this, and, and not and stay away from the stock market. I don't know whether everybody's just gun shy from from the Great Recession, but uh, we like that because if you look at the last ten years in real estate, you made some pretty good return on your investment. Right. Well, it, there's still properties out there to be had where you can make you can cash flow pretty instantly. Absolutely. Hey, folks. I know in a little bit we're going to come on with a break, but I want we're going to get to all of your text questions. If you have any new ones, text them to. 925-203-5808 or you can call that number and talk to us online again 925-203-5808 you're listening to real life lending my name's eric mckay i'm here with jessica couch we'll be right back after this what's the price for flight all right folks you're listening to real life lending here on am 1220 kdow my name's eric mckay today we're going to have some fun we're going to get to your text questions and again if you have a question a lending question or a real estate question text it to 925 925- Two zero three five eight zero eight. Hey Jessica, we've got a question for you. This I'm is from ready. Norma in Fremont. She's asking, "My house needs a roof. Can I still sell it?" Absolutely. Um, I always try to dissuade people from putting a roof on prior to going to market, unless you know everything else is dialed with that exception. Um, but usually, when a new roof needs to go on, there's some other deferred maintenance as right. well, mm-hmm. and we may be better going on market without doing anything and seeing what what price we can get, and then saying we'll do that you know prior to close of escrow if necessary for the loan, sure. or seeing if you get a cash offer. Yeah, from a lender's point of view, is is unless it's really visual. You know, we, most lenders don't require a copy of a homeowner's inspection. Right. Uh, we're going to, our security in the property is the appraisal, which we send out an appraiser. Now, his scope of work is not, he's not a contractor, but he's going to notice if the do, if the roof dips or right. if it has a huge hole in it or if it's missing several tiles or if it's visually that questions that he notes in his appraisal that, hey, this might be an issue. Most of the time, then an under or an underwriter will actually look at that and say, "All right, I, I'd like a a, a roof uh, certification." 
uh, usually a two-year roof cert. So again, it can it can come from a lender's point of view, but it, you know some appraisers, like I said, it's not their scope of expertise. But um, most of the times we can get around that. We can have a solution for that. Right. Well, and many times I've just written up an offer um, a little higher than we usually would, so we had that room if we needed to have a new roof, and if we didn't need a new roof, we could ask for closing costs instead. Right. right. Or if something like that needs to be completed in order to for the lender to lend on that, right? Then you know you can have a contractor bill escrow and it would come out of the proceeds from the sale. Have you done that? Yes, okay. I, I really like using that option as well. I hate to see anybody spend money they don't have to up sure. front. Absolutely. Um, here's a question. This is from Amir in San Mateo. Um, Pesterport always necessary when buying. Uh, lenders again. Uh, unless it's written in the contract, we're not going to ask for it. We can always do a pest waiver as uh, something that an addendum or a pest waiver, a pest inspection waiver, uh, waiving your right to a pest inspection. But obviously, as an agent, you still want to do that as your fiduciary to your client, correct? It's something, <clears throat> excuse me, it's something I always pay for up front. I don't want to spend any of my buyer's money until we get through that. If we have a $10,000 uh, pest report and active termites, we might want to go back to the seller right away before spending my buyer's money on a home inspection and an appraisal. Right. Um, so that's been a quick way to, to rule out any um, big problems up front and it's about a hundred dollars. I think it's money well spent. Right. Um, good question. Um, you know, we, we're happy to live in California, and I say that in a couple of different ways. Unless we're not in Cleveland right now, right? And yeah, all the craziness right. going on. Um, but California now ranks as the sixth largest global economy behind Brazil. We kicked Brazil out. Wow. So and we're the only uh, state in actually the top ten. What does that mean for you? Um, it means that we're paying too much taxes. Yeah. Is what it means. <laughs> Serious. Um, what other trends are you seeing these days in the market? I mean, are, are, is, is there anything that's changed from last year, you think? Well, I think the lack of inventory um, and certainly having a um, better, a, a savvier buyer on this end has changed things. I think buyers are, are certainly more aware of those trends now, know what they're looking for, um, and have better questions to ask with choosing an agent rather than just choosing, you know, they're like you were talking about at the beginning of the show, their brother's, you sure. know, ex-wife, uh, her sister that, you know, could have done a couple of deals many, many years ago. They, sure. they know better and they're finding a good agent to come and help them. Rules have changed. Since the I rules woke, are always since I woke changing. up this morning, right, the rules right. have changed. Um, another text question. Thanks, guys. Again, if you have any text questions, text them to 925-203-5808. Uh, what is the amount down to use a conventional loan? Sorry, I can't read that small type. Um, actually, conventional loans, 3% down is the, the actual minimum for a uh, conventional loan program based on Freddie and Fannie's guidelines. But, um, you know, the old CHADAP program, which the California Down Payment Assistance Second, has now been actually revamped to a CalHEFA, which actually will provide either conventional or FHA, a first mortgage, a second mortgage, and a third mortgage to help with closing costs, up to 105% loan to value. So somebody could use a conventional loan mm -hmm. with 3% down, still have help with their closing costs and down payment. Absolutely. I think we just closed one the other day, and the minimum out of pocket was about a half a percent from the borrower. Wow. So again, it's great for options where maybe a property or a condo can't is not FHA approved. Right. But uh, it will allow. Now, it does different. You know, we like to use the grant. We have a, a help grant program here at Essex Love Mortgage. Love that. Which is uh, 3% that to cover um, 
uh, your down payment with FHA. You can own other property. You don't have to be a first-time home buyer. Um, and there's uh, no income limitations, meaning you can make as much as you want. Now, some of the, the CalHEPA stuff, there are income limitations based on your county. And it is a lien. These are actually liens on title, unlike the grant where it's free money, no repayment, right. no recapture. But it's a great alternative for somebody maybe that hasn't had a, been able to save enough money for down, maybe has a little bit, maybe stop, wants to stop the rents rising uh, on his particular unit. And I think that's what everybody really needs to take a look at right now is, is look. Agreed. Jump on my website, reallifelending.com. Go to the rent versus buy calculator and simulator. Actually plug in your numbers and you'd be surprised how much you're going to save in actual dollars uh, by the end of the year, or actually the end of the five years, seven years. Uh, I really think, I know we're coming up on a break. I want to continue this with why you're still renting when we right. get back after the break. All right, folks, you're listening to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220 KDOW. My name's Eric McKay. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220 KDOW. We are your Northern California show for what's new and true in mortgage finance and real estate. Jessica Couch is here with me, Realtor Extraordinaire. Jessica, I know that uh, you uh, love to find people, especially the new investors out there, because we have a ton of them listen to the show in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way, we're going to add another station to our growing uh, audience here next month. So stay tuned, folks. We'll have that announcement as well. Um, I've got a lot of text questions, but Jessica, how does somebody get a hold of you again? Who, who are you and what do you do? Oh, I'm a full-time realtor. I really enjoy uh, my real niche is helping people make money with their money, finding investment properties where you can cash flow day one. Uh, it is great finding that uh, beautiful new home for your family when you've outgrown your old home. I, I do enjoy that as well, but my real niche is helping people make money. There's just something, something about that that's very satisfying. Absolutely. Um, lots of text questions coming in. Again, folks, if you have any questions, you can text them to 925-203-5808, or you can use that number to call into the show and speak to us on air. Um, we have some text questions coming in. Uh, this looks like one for you, Eric. Okay. Uh, let's see. You answered the um, the conventional question. That was something something that I needed to know more about as well. That's a product I'm going to be able to use a lot of coming oh, up. Yeah, you know what? We didn't finish that up last last segment of why you're still renting. Well, yes, that's right. That's right. Um, here's the thing, folks: is, is people come to me and say, "Oh, you make a lot of money in real estate. Yeah, you sell your house. Well, I've owned my house for 20 years, and I've seen it go up and down in value three times. Right." And it's just on paper unless you sell it. Forget about that aspect of making money. Think about it of fixing your cost of housing for as long as you're in that house. Uh, California, number one last year for single-family home re- uh, residents, um, uh, rent increases. I believe it. Uh, we're in top 10 in the nation on apartment rent increases and rents. Uh, it's going to get worse. I Especially with the limited inventory and all the new investors that we have. What happened when the market down? You know, we had people that never thought about investing in real estate all of a sudden uh, buy their first investment property right. and bought a second investment property. So I think it's a great opportunity for you folks that there's no reason why not to at least start the process and find out exactly what you can qualify for. And, and like we talked about earlier about saving money for a down payment, there are grant programs, there are down payment assistance programs. There is so much available to you now, unlike any other time uh, in our industry that can help you get into home ownership. So again, the best place to start is just, Jump on my website, uh, shoot me an email, fill out a, an application at reallifelending.com. We will take you through through a fully underwritten pre-approval. That way you're going to know what your payment's going to be. You're going to know how much 
money is going to be come out of pocket. You're going to know what down payment assistance programs are available. We're going to know how we're going to look at your income, what money you can use for a down. And then we're going to hand you over to Jessica and she's going to go out and find you a house. So again, it, it's something that I think really people, we talk about how everybody is, is educating themselves and more discretionary buyers. I think people, because of shows like this, are really more savvy than I they would used agree. to be. Now, what about with that down payment assistance? Mm-hmm. A buyer could purchase a duplex with that. You could become an owner and a landlord, and could you, you incorporate that? You can, as long as the rents and your income don't exceed the county income limits, because that would Got count it. as well. Okay. So, I mean, and that's a great transaction. And I know that last week we had a text question. Uh, somebody, I believe somebody was on a limited income. They basically were asking that, did they miss the boat again? They remember missing it in the early 2000s. They thought they got priced out of the situation. And we reminded them of somebody I think you and I have worked with in the past year or so, is that we actually took somebody on a fixed income, made them a homeowner, an investor, and a landlord in one transaction, and we can use the, I think they bought a fourplex. We we're able to use the live in one, use the other three units, use that future rent on the house you're buying to help you qualify for that purchase today. And I think we had a qualifying income. All they needed to qualify for that property was about five, $600 a month out of their discretionary income. That is a win for everybody involved. Seriously. Absolutely. So let's see. Um, this one's coming from a realtor. Uh, I have a client with USDA home, not quite two years in their loan. They have outgrown their home. Can they use a USDA loan again for a larger home? One at a time. And because you cannot, USDA is a little different than most other, especially like FHA or conventional loan. When you have a USDA loan, you can't own any other property. So you wouldn't be able to second time use it. Uh, you would have to sell the first property, and then obviously, yes, you can reuse it. So it's not a one-time thing. But USDA is a really unique product where, and again, just so you guys folks out there that might not be familiar with it, yes, it's the same thing that's stamped on the side of your beef uh, at the grocery store, but it's just a government-insured by USDA. Very similar to FHA. Looks like we're coming up on a break. When we can come back, we're going to continue talking about USDA and other ways that uh, to buy in today's market. And we're going to get to your text questions here on Real Life Lending. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Welcome back to Real Life Lending. Good choice of music there. Hey, uh, this is your Northern California show about what's new and true in mortgage finance and real estate. And we have Jessica Couch here today, a friend of the show. And Jessica, one of the things I know that that, that you're a proponent of, uh, especially where you live, is Prop 90. Yes, And we've love talked it. about it a lot on our show. And I think that... Uh, it's it's something to kind of a readdress because I know that you've got a property in El Dorado County that you're trying to sell, right? Yes, I do. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, it is a two-bedroom, although the second bedroom is a loft that can sleep up to eight. It's minutes from Heavenly, uh, down the street from um, Lake Tahoe, uh, right uh, next to the casinos and the park. Great little spot uh, listed at 359 Seller is very motivated. So a property like this one, being in El Dorado County, is something that would work for Prop 90. And Prop 90 is a a program where, believe it or not, those of you that have lived in the Bay Area and bought in 1978, or a lot of us have parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles that have lived in the area, that paid less than a hundred grand for their house that's right. now worth a million five or two million. Um, and you're you're luckily we live in California and this benefit is that we get to keep our tax our prop thirteen tax base. So whatever your tax base is on your current house, you can move to a participating county. Now in our area in Northern California, El Dorado County is a participating county. So you can sell your house for two million, go buy a house for a million five or five hundred thousand, pay cash for it, and take your prop thirteen tax base on that house you paid seventy thousand for in nineteen seventy eight 
rather than pay your new property tax based on your new purchase price. You can move from any county in California to a participating county. I think there's 13, but our local one is El Dorado County. It's a great, great uh, tool that actually, I think it's it's expiring in October. That's the, yes, yes. And I'm not sure if it's going to be renewed or not. I'm hopeful, but we don't know yet. But it's a great draw. And again, if you want to learn anything more about Prop 90, jump on Real Life Lending and give us a call. I'd love to uh, hear from you. Um, thought I was going <laughs> to I thought you were going to sneeze too. Uh, you know, and it all gets back to just educating our, our, our listeners out there. You know, one of the things I think that, that is, is really important is, especially we all have family members that are growing older and, and really want to stay in their house. And one of the things I think we're kind of trending towards right now is uh, people are thinking about reverse mortgage. And it's kind of been a, a product in transition. I was never a fan until recently. It's finally got to the point now where reverse mortgage is actually, I think, it's regulated by HUD, same people as FHA. It can be a useful tool. Now, it's not for everybody. But again, that's something that uh, we've got a whole new division that we, we've started to, to, to do that responsibly. And there's a lot of consumer protections in place on a reverse mortgage. And again, if you want to learn anything more about those and you have a family member that you want to sit down with us, I'd be happy to meet with you personally. 925-203-5808 is the way to get a hold of me. Jessica, I've got... Uh, a question that's kind of tried and true. It's always come in. Um, somebody's being asked to sign a buyer broker agreement. I know there's a place for them. I have never had a buyer sign a buyer broker agreement. Um, what I, is that? Just to remind everybody. We are going steady. If if you if I have you sign that, we are together. We are partnered, and you you can work with another agent, but I'm still going to get paid, and your right. other agent is so not going to be, be happy about that. You could be driving down the street. You could be sitting on a beach somewhere on vacation. They find a house. They go in, they sign the contract, you're still getting paid. Right. Which you got to remember, folks, is that real estate agents only get paid when the transaction closes. And in some cases, you're showing 30, 40 houses to somebody over a, a one or two year span in some cases. Yes. I, well, I think that's fairly rare. I find most buyers that I work with, we're you know working together for less than six weeks. Um, we go out with a plan. We have a plan, a strategic plan. We begin, we find something, we get in a contract. Um, we remain pretty close and they call when they're ready to list that home or buy another one. That's a relationship I want to have. And one of the things that kind of ties into that is I always get asked, and I'm sure you do too, is, hey, am I, do I have a better shot of getting the house if I work with the listing broker or agent? And, you know... That does come up. It does. And, and, and it came up really recently. And think about it this way. And the best analogy I have is that, and basically what that means is you're using the, the, the seller's agent as your agent as a buyer. Um, some people think that you're going to get a better, because the agent's probably going to double end it. She's probably going to willing to push your offer through. Or you, maybe she might have an inside track. Listen, do you want to use the same divorce attorney that your spouse does? Uh, I use that analogy and people sit back and think, well, no. Uh, where's loyalties lie? I'm not saying it's, there's any kind of corruption or, but where does, who's paying the commission, right? Right. Seller is paying the commission. Right. Your thoughts on that same thing? Well, I, I do think it really depends, but, um, in most situations, I you know if it was my buyer and they decided to ditch me to go work with the listing agent, I would sure hope, you know, if there were 12 other offers that, um, that the listing agent would pick that offer to make it happen. But then what does the listing agent really stand? Sure. You know, most times I am discounting commission on the listing side if I bring the buyer. Right. So I'd be better off bringing the buyer to a house down the street and getting full commission rather than making it 
making it work on that same particular property, especially if I had 12 offers, sure. that buyer's still going to have to come up in price to make it work. Absolutely. It's not a good, they're not getting a discount. That's so the what, answer is no. Yeah. It, it, find, <laughs> find your own representation. It's always better. I don't care whether it's real estate or business, just it, it works out better that way. Hey folks, we're coming up on our last break of the show. When we come back, listening to Up Investors, Jessica's got a couple properties that uh, are new to the market that cash flow, and we're going to talk about those and see if we can sell them tonight on Real Life Lending. We'll be right back after this. All right, folks, welcome back to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220 KDOW. Today we have Jessica Couch in studio. And Jessica, I know all the investors in the Bay Area are just leaning into the radio right now, waiting for you to tell us about some of the deals you have this week. I have a few. Um, I have two, well, actually three duplexes, um, but two of them are priced very similarly, one at 129 and one at 138 That would make our, our mortgage payment 610 to 710 right? right? So principal interest tax and insurance somewhere around there. Um, one of these is getting 1285 in rent, the one that listed at 138 and the property listed at 129 is getting 1100 in rent. So you'd be close to 500 positive right out of the gate. Yeah, and, and again, we uh, and I know Barry investors love uh, properties up here in Northern California for that reason. You know, we're very fortunate that the show's heard throughout Northern California, and and we, like I said, I grew up in the Bay Area. I currently live above Sacramento, so I kind of know both markets really well. And the best dollar for dollar is is around the Northern California area as far as cash flow investments, right? And you can get in relatively cheap. So these multi units, twenty five percent down which is not a lot of money. And if you, one of the things that we'll do for you is that if you want to see one of these properties, you can give Jessica a call. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll put together a, a proposal. I'll give you a cap rate. I'll give you a return on investment, depending on how much money you're putting down. ROI, we're, we're, I'm going to give you some uh, basic normal operating expenses. We're going to analyze this property so you know exactly what your return is on that purchase. And a lot of people think that, oh, well, I'm spending $218,000 and I'm only making 500 a month. It's not it's not the way it works. Your return on investment is on the money that you actually put into the deal. So your down payment, closing costs, that is your investment. And your mortgage payment and everything else is just a cost, normal operating expenses. So you calculate um, return on investment on the money you put in. And if you are interested to cap rate, we can back into that purchase price as well. But one of the things that I think that's great is that you know that market really well. You know a lot of off-market properties. I mean, I, I know that Buying a duplex is great. Multi-unit, you can rather than a single family loan. If somebody's out of rent, one you're never more than likely you're not going to have both. Agreed. Units so you're going to have yeah. to leverage your 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 uh, monthly uh, income. So right, and most of these are already rented. So you c- we have that rent roll to go off of, and those tenants are in place. You can slowly make repairs, add you know up the rent. You're not out immediately with a couple months you know doing repairs and trying to find a tenant. So remember these pr- these properties are positively cash flowing. So it's not going to add anything to your debt to income ratio. Right. Uh, we can use seventy five percent of those rents to help you qualify for that purchase. So again, if you want to get pre-approved, jump on Real Life Lending, shoot me an email, let's schedule some time together, and we'll take you through the process. If nothing else, we'll educate you. One of the things that I think is really important for listeners out there to understand is most people can't buy today, okay? Maybe 20, 30% of the people that call can't buy today. What we do is we create a plan to get them ready to buy. We work on income, we work on credit, we work on things we have to do. So Jessica is confident that you're ready. You're confident that you know what your payment is going to be, how much cash you're going to need, especially on the investment side. We do the haul the homework for you. 
It's true. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. If today isn't the day that you're ready to buy, get get ready. Figure out where you need to be so you can be there next sure. month or in six months rather than waiting. Not doing anything, you're making a decision. Real estate is a great investment, especially in the California where, it, where rents are in the top 10 of rising. So it's a great investment. You make money not only in rents. Jessica, one of the things I want to make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of you if they Thank want to you. see one yeah. of these properties. If, if you want to see one of these properties or even have the um, uh, comparables and have a look at the pictures in the area and see what you think of these properties, uh, call or text 916-532-8916. Again, that's 916-532-8916. Well, Jessica, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. All right, folks. I want to thank everybody for listening to Real Life Lending. Keep us on the air for almost four years. We're continually expanding. And if you're a loan officer licensed in the Bay Area, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about taking your career to the next level. Give me a call, 925-203-5808. You guys have a great week. We'll be back next time on Real Life Lending. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.